Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in, everybody, to your Friday edition of the OBR. We finally get back to our Fridays with my friend, my man, John Colosimo. Excited to have him on. Hopefully your Friday is going well whenever you're listening to this podcast, whether it be on the road to work or home from work or wherever this podcast finds you. Hope you're doing well. We're going to talk about a ton of different stuff because there is a ton of different stuff to talk about as we head into the final football weekend of the season. It kind of sucks to say, John, we're in the final football weekend of the season, man. Yeah, God, isn't that the worst way to play it? <laughs> it is. And listen, I got a question, and we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. I want to have, there's going to be one other topic we're going to touch on too, which is not at all connected to this, but the Super Bowl kind of gets brought up because I'm talking about the last weekend. Has it just like not seemed like the Super Bowl to you? I don't know if it's the time zone being behind i don't know if it's because it's like the Bengals are in it or and they're not as interesting i th- i just i thought i would see more from media sessions and i've kind of just seen nothing maybe i'm not seeking it out i don't know but i i've like i had to tell myself today i was like what am i do- oh it's the super bowl sunday i don't know do you get that vibe or am i off completely <laughs> i do i do but if i'm being totally honest with you jake you know it's 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 the kids. I hate to like, oh, probably say this on this podcast, but like, I'm so unplugged. Yeah. You know, like, what are we watching as parents? That's right? True. That's true. I'm, I'm I'm flipping watching. You know, my 800th version of Animal Crackers, which mm-hmm. my kid won't get off. All right, so mm-hmm. I empathize. Um, you know, like, We're... I am a little unplugged, but I just don't know how to relate that to uh, normal listeners. It's true. I work, I work this, uh, you know, I'm working all day and then most of the time we're relegated to either what's, uh, you know, uh, Paw Patrol, which is uh, pretty popular universally. There's this blaze in the monster machines on Paramount plus this monster truck and his friends pretty popular in this household. And, uh, some, some, something else I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Is your You're kid right. making you watch the live shows of Paw Patrol yeah, the live those of, Paramount oh, one. Oh. he loves them and I cannot stand them dude. absolutely terrible <laughs> absolutely terrible and he'll dominate the TV he is just like he's Matumbo he won't let you change it he will he will get really upset and uh, yeah. you know rather just not have to deal with that angle so you know you got it dude we'll watch what you want I'll watch on my iPad now and then but you're right I, I just thought to myself I don't know it's a weird Super Bowl it's a weird Super Bowl locationally um, you know, it's a weird Super Bowl because of who's in it. And and I was thinking to myself, you know, the only person I really talk to all year is you about the rest of the AFC on this podcast. And just how many times you and I kept saying, well, we know who the Bengals are. They're a couple oh years God, away. I, I think that's what's hard for me to wrap my head around with with the Bengals is like, A, our stance on them, which I still don't think our stance was wrong. They just took a division that was crumbled, like everybody underachieved. They took that. And kudos. I don't think our stance was wrong. I don't think they were ready, but they capitalized. And and listen, shout out to them. They capitalized. I think that that's what's hard for me to get my head around. I never took Cincinnati serious for the division, let alone getting past three playoff games so far. And 
in that you know they're like what were they two and fourteen last year three and three and thirteen I can't remember like I it's, yeah, it's it shouldn't man. it shouldn't be weird because like the Bengals not too long ago the very recent memory were legitimate AFC North winners they'd won it a couple years they're in the playoffs not even win a playoff game but they were real so it's not like the Bengals have just been like you know not, I mean like the Brown stretch pre twenty twenty where they were perennial laughing stock over and over they've had stretches of bad stuff going on but like. Since what Carson arrived all the way through the end of uh, Andy Dalton, they've had good to great stretches of football, and they obviously uh, have not been as bad as. It. But it's just like I can't believe the Bengals are there, and it's still weird for me to say out loud that the Bengals are, a you know, a game away of 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 L.A. pooping down their leg to, to, to being a champ. I can't I can't wrap my mind around it, man. Where are no, you on the game? What are you thinking uh, this weekend? Well, I'll tell you what. My brother brought this up uh, yesterday, so I had a little bit of conversation on it. Um, the uh, the weird thing is, and, and how I might relate this, is you remember last year where um, uh, Casey was fielding this practice squad of offensive linemen, mm-hmm. and the, you know, it was the weirdest thing because the Browns couldn't take advantage of it. The Bills couldn't take advantage of it. And then, you know, like they they then kind of like assume like, oh, they're totally going to get away with this. Yeah. And then they got to the Super Bowl and they got mauled, yep. uh, you know, by Tampa Bay. And I wonder if this is like a similar case, right, where I understand like they're a little better than what KC was fielding last year, granted. All right. But nobody has been able to take advantage of that. But if anybody is, Aaron Donald was built in a motherfucking lab to do it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you got Von Miller, too. Like you've got. Yeah, you've got this is a cuss friendly pod. Don't sweat it. Like, the the, you know this. But anyway, like you're right. First of all, the Titans did destroy them up front, but they had Tannehill play the worst game of his life. So it's like. Could Matt Stafford in the biggest stage of his career replicate that? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, right? Like I just, I could see Stafford pulling that. Like, like I've seen Stafford do it this past year, did like the primetime Monday night game against, I was at Tennessee, right? Where he just, he threw like multiple straight pick sixes. I could see it. (laughs) It's not, it's just, it's not crazy, but you're right. Like to me, when I look at this matchup, I see Cincinnati playing a really, really, collectively good defense built to give them issues up front. They're tough on the interior where it's tough to defend uh, sorry block. Anyway, they have Von Miller off the edge too. They're built well to rush and they have guys who can cover the guys, right? Like that's why Cleveland, I feel relatively good about their defense defending Cincinnati over the next five to 10 is that they're built to defend them. When you look at them, like they have cover corners and they have guys who can get after the passer. And that's what Cincinnati struggles with. If you don't have a cover corner that can hang with, or a second guy who can hang with T Higgins or a guy in the slot who can, who can handle Tyler Boyd. That's when you run into some issues where Joe can create and use the pocket savviness and hang on to it and get him the football. Tennessee buried them, but Tennessee turned it over three times and gave away points and opportunities. And all of a sudden it took one Joe Burrow throw to make it happen. So that's where it's like the game to me in the Super Bowl is how well consent can, can I was about to call him St. Louis, LA manage putting drives together. If they get to 28, they win. Uh, I think you can win at 24. Like I smell like a 28, 17 type of game, like 28, 17 Rams. That's going to be my prediction at the OBR. Uh, but if Matthew, if the, if that side of the football, because I really don't think Cincinnati, if you look at their data, I think TA, Cleve TA put out a good little piece about uh, a tweet today about 
how how the defenses have fared that Cincinnati has has faced the the ones that are really good DVOA defenses they've actually really struggled with them um but if the Cincinnati defense which nobody talks about can turn over which they have turned over every quarterback they've run into other than Derek Carr but they just did enough or they picked off Carr at the end right I think the closing mm-hmm. came out then they'll be in it and it's like it's just uh, it's a Super Bowl I don't want to bet. I don't like it. I just feel like Stafford, as good as I think Stafford is, I think he's a pretty dang good. He's the top of that uh, scheme tier, right? Like I, I call that tier the the win with guys. I think Stafford's at the tippy top of the win with guys. He could the the, mo- right. the moment could be a lot, right? A lot for him and home stadium, home home everything, home atmosphere, and you're. You're expected to beat the Bengals. They're they're you know the Bengals are still an afterthought underdog mentality. I don't know. I'm predicting twenty eight seventeen Rams, but I'm telling you something fishy is in the making. And Joe Burrow doing the stuff, the legend Joe Burrow stuff is like it's gonna be in the real cards, man. I don't know. What do you hey, think? Okay, let me uh, let me come at you from a uh, yeah, that's what I like from a weird angle on this. All right, okay. Um, what? If there is one, what result would be best for the Browns? Oh God, I don't know. Uh, I what? If, do you think the Bengals winning it is because then they start to? Kind I don't of, think so. No, I don't think so. Like, but it, it's an interesting question. Like, if you if you really ask that question, uh, you know, like you could have uh, the Bengals lose, which it's always bad for Super Bowl losers uh, traditionally uh-huh. um, in following seasons. That's a good but, point. That's a good you know, point. like things like that. Like, I don't know. Like what, what is the best Browns result? I'm not sure. What I do know is that I won't root for Cincy. I just don't have it in me. All right. I, I, you know, even with Joe being a, an OSU guy yeah. uh, to a certain extent, you know, uh, I just, I don't have it within me to, to root for, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not like uh SEC, SEC. <laughs> All right. Sorry. No. It's great, you know. I'm glad that they got there, but now I'd prefer they get stomped. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know actually if that's the best result for the Browns. But I will say, I just don't have it in me to root for the Bengals uh, in yeah. any scenario. I mean, I, I I guess it would maybe take the Cowboys because I I grew up with the Cowboys being like the you know the evil empire. Um, you know, so maybe if the Cowboys were in there, I could maybe root for him, but, uh, yeah, it ain't in me. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to sit down wearing my Cincinnati Bengals gear that I, that I don't have. I don't think I'm going to sit there and root for them. <laughs> I'm not going to root for them, but I am not going to root against them. I, I don't I'm, think I would be like angry though. Yeah, like if Joe, yeah. like pulled this thing off, I, you know? I, I like, think we're on the same page a weird, there. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a weird dynamic. It is because my mind is telling me you're not allowed to pull for Joe Burrow anymore. Like you're you're not allowed to root for that dude. You're not allowed to pull for him, but I kind of can't help it. I've always really, really enjoyed the guy. I dating back to his Athens days when I watched him play high school football uh, all the way through his tough state championship loss. I really genuinely thought he was going to be a dude at Ohio state 
And I think if you would have gotten the chance, and I and people try to do the blame Urban Meyer for starting Dwayne Haskins. No, no, the dude threw fifty man. touchdowns, man. Like, yeah. come on, you can't. You can pick on Urban Meyer for a hundred million things. That's not one of them. Great. So, it's just it's hard for me to watch like a kid that went down from 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 the plains, Ohio, goes to LSU, walks into Bryant Denny <laughs> Stadium and beats those dudes, man, and then dominates the rest of the year and beats it's hard hard for he's very, me. He's very non-objectionable Dude, at this point. He is you everything know? you want. He's everything you want and I'm He's greasy. I'm he's hyper greasy. jealous. He's nothing sticks to this dude. Yeah, like I, I, he I, has no um like uh there's no um, real personality that's known so far. Like, it seems like to me, like he maybe has some personality for like, say some comedy stuff, like mm-hmm. paint style. I agree. Uh, I feel like that might be in the cards, but to this point, like dude might as well be mute, mm-hmm. you know, like he just doesn't like, you know, basically the only image you get is him smoking a cigar, which is, which is tight, you know, like uh, the, the Joey Burrow smoking a cigar um, imagery is is pretty tight that's good stuff he's but, played up a character there he knows it he's got yeah. that thing rolling listen yeah. he's quiet <laughs> in a good way and i'm really yeah. not this is a browns pod guys and i'm not trying to fawn all over the afc north's quarterback i'm not i just like joe burrow and it's not rooted to the fact I that i would have liked joe burrow if he was drafted by the seahawks i don't care i pull yeah. for that dude and just because he plays down i-71 doesn't mean i'm gonna like not pull for joe burrow like you know, that guy wanted to represent Ohio at Ohio State. It didn't work out. He still claims him like he's Ohio dude through and through, right? He could have gone to Nebraska and followed his brothers and did all that, but he wanted to do it there, and it didn't work out. And I just think it's a really cool story, and I think it's okay to say I'm jealous of who he is as a player and what the Bengals have, and and um, it's I'm okay pulling for also him. Yeah. to like take a step back, just like. But I know that like you're on a transition here, but just like before that happens, um, I think it's worth saying that uh, Bengals fans didn't really know what they were dealing with two games into the season. And I'm not trying to say that we don't know what we have, but I am just saying that the NFL is fickle, and mm-hmm. it was only, you know, 16 weeks of football ago that people were actually down on Burrow. It's hard to imagine right now, but I'm telling you right now, I follow, uh, you know, um, uh, there are big accounts, you know, like, yeah, like, and there were questions about the arm strength, right. About the arm strength, uh, you know, he still gets stuff on taking sacks, you know, like people try to pick that apart. Sack rate expected versus, versus his grade. He is not, you know, I think Mahomes is a relatively, uh, what you know, is it invincible? He's an invincible player to pick apart. Am I using that word right? I hope yeah. someone's going to get at sure. it. Um, he's people really can't pick him. You can get grumpy with him when he does a couple things, but he's an infallible prospect. Like, I think people still go after Burrow uh, a little bit that want to believe that the arm's not real enough and he takes sacks. And I'm just like, come on, man! Like this dude. It's just is, wild is, to me, like, how much your opinion can change, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, like, uh, he earned this, you know, week after week. Yeah. Um, you know, but it really was, uh, you know, a, a different story in week two. 
I, I would agree. There were early points this year. And I still, I'm sure, I don't look at some accounts. Like, I know that I saw that stuff from. I don't follow them or check religiously. And I'm sure there's still some takes out there. He's not He's not completely turned the corner with everybody, you know. So, um, we'll see. It's a moment for him to become an early, what is Joe's 26? I think he's Baker's age because he came out old. Mm-hmm. Right. 25, no, yeah, 26. Yeah. yeah. For, for sure. And I think he was older than Baker when he was drafted. I think you're right. I think he's 25 in year two. Baker was 20. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's well, maybe he's 26. Like his, I got a computer in front Baker of Baker was like as early out. as you can get for the fifth year. He was like April of that year. Yeah. You know, like if you can kind of try and uh, imagine what it was like when you were in grade school, like uh, and how they divided those. He was like April of that year. And I think Joey was like more like August or. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, Joe's 25. He turns 26 at the end of the year. He's a December birthday. So he's oh, older yeah. He's older okay. than Josh Allen. Yeah. He's older than Lamar yeah. Jackson. He's just yeah. a little bit younger than Patrick Mahomes. So he's, you know, he's in the group. He did a different draft year a little later, but he's in the group, right? So um, Yeah, but it's wild, like, how you get these second-year things, right? Like, mm-hmm. isn't it, like, haven't you seen this before? Haven't you seen this before where, like, the second-year Super Bowl type thing happens. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's that, that that second year type thing has happened multiple times in my lifetime, and uh, Joey might pull it off, but we'll see. Could have easily been Herbert if the Chargers got in. It could have yeah, just as easily yeah. been him. So what a wild thing, you know? Like I, yeah, the char- fucking Chargers. I don't understand them. I don't understand. Like you know. Anyway, everybody loved him all it. year. The most famous Twitter press conferences ever, oh. and they didn't make the playoffs with Justin. Oh my god! Like, Justin nobody Herbert. got nobody got more more publicity out of that thing. And, uh, and don't get me wrong, like I, you know, they've won some games out of that, you know. But uh, but yeah, like, his points for that were, team his, to not make yeah. the playoffs, you know, like yeah. uh, I don't know how they're. Uh, I, it's all about expectations, right? We talked about this on this pod, right? The level of expectations dictates, you know, how people look at it. Like, there's no real reason that the, the Chargers season is any less disappointing. And in fact, you know, considering the quarterback play, you might say it's more disappointing. Yeah. Um, except for that look into the future. That's exactly. really what kind of, exactly. yeah. Because anyway. you, you feel like you can rectify other things quicker, right? right. Or easier. Yeah. Um, I think you're right about that though. It's more disappointing than people want to say. And I think Brandon Staley is a, he's a sharp dude. I'm fine with him, but I definitely think he was looking around social media, but he was an assistant coach and writing down in his notebook, buzz, (laughs) buzz, uh, buzzwords and buzz concepts from Twitter that he wanted to do in front of the media. Oh God. Assistant in office. A hundred percent, like (laughs) turning pressures into sacks. And that's what I believe. And it just like all these topics that were like, Twitter was fawning over him buzz, for buzz, buzz, yeah, buzz, dude. Buzz. He was studying yeah. it up, but anyway, yeah. he's a. I don't mean to not. He's a. He's a smart dude. He's a young head coach. He'll maybe he'll get better. But it's like we're not talking enough about how peak powers Justin Herbert didn't make the playoffs here. You know. So anyway. Oh, they um, had tools. Yeah. Uh, they so we'll transition out of the Super Bowl. Uh, who do you think's winning? You didn't give me an answer on that. Uh I think Rams are winning. I, I you know I think that they covering uh, the four and a half. Yeah, I do. Um, but I will caveat that by saying I think you'll know in the first quarter. You know, like, uh, yeah, I had um, I had family uh, that uh, 
September scholarship at Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. So for the O2, um, for the O2 win against Miami, we had very good like family contact with uh, who was our center um, for that uh, Alex. Uh, oh, you uh, asked me too quick. The center. Well, I'll look it up. Keep going. I'll find his name. All right. So, you know, like we had like very close contact with the team. All right. Um, Like two series in for that national championship game. um, You know, the guys on the defensive. Stepanovich. Yeah. So uh, they were uh, two series in. They came back and said, don't rush more than four because we got these fools. And uh, so in that, uh, in that same respect, I feel like um, the paper mache, I think, that is the uh, Cincinnati line, and I think that uh, Aaron Donald is made in a lab to single-handedly destroy what they want to do. Um, you know, nothing is worse than straight-up-the-middle pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you will know in the first two, three offensive series whether or not what i'm saying is correct so i'm saying la is going to win i don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything like that but i think la is going to win um if in three series we don't see obvious signs of distress in the form of what we saw last year in the super bowl with uh patrick mahomes yeah then i will declare myself wrong and i then will expect cincinnati to win yeah, it definitely has Tampa Bay KC vibes to it, right? Where you can just see the side getting overwhelmed. Stafford, just don't lose the game. Just don't make mistakes. Just manage your offense and let your defense feast. And I think they have a really good chance to be more than comfortable. And that's why I think we're saying the same thing. I said 28-17. What's your number? Uh, you know what I like? I like uh, I like uh, 27-20. I like it. We're in the same ballpark. You heard it here, folks, first and foremost. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Let's get off the other teams. Let's get to the Browns. Um, we'll Well, before we get to the Browns, I got to – we'll do this little off-topic thing. I, I said today because you're a, you're a, a real I consider you the most chefy person in my life. You might not like that, <laughs> but you send me food. I've had food at your home that I consider uh, better than most things I've had at restaurants. And um, we did the peanut butter. Uh, we did peanut butter. We tried uh, burger burger balls, <laughs> which were good. I thought they were good. 
And yeah. um, you made uh, some what was that? Some 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 beef of I some think, kind? Yeah, I think that was um, I think it was short rib. Short rib. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I said today somebody put out a comment about uh, a hot take on food. What's your hottest take on food? And and mine is this, and you can rebuttal, and that's fine. People, I've got some people that really did not like it. But I said, I just kind of hate food, John. Like, we are not cooks here. Um, so <laughs> Kelby works an odd schedule. I work all day in front of a computer at home. I don't really want to cook. I hate cooking. I'll do it sometimes, but I hate it because I'm not good at it. I'm not comfortable at it. So majority of the time I'm left asking, and her and I are going back and forth, what's for dinner, what's for dinner, what's for dinner. Hate that conversation. I hate <laughs> thinking about what I'm going to eat that day. Work, I hate it. And I hate thinking about that. I hate in general about food that the best tasting things are the worst for your body. And, the, and, the, and, the, and generally, again, there are exceptions to the rule. I get that. It's not a golden thing here. But the worst tasting things are the best things for your body. That irks me about food with the concept of whoever created this earth. Uh, I'm not here to wager in on what your religious <laughs> beliefs are, but whoever put us specks of, of, of humans on this earth, it was a really sick and twisted joke to make the best tasting, easiest to find, cheapest things the, the worst for your body. And on the alternative, those things that are better for you uh, taste bad and now are becoming are in this world have become the most expensive things often i don't like it i would just be happy i wouldn't i would i like food i love a you want to just go the fuel route i i guess i would what i was saying is that it wouldn't even bother me if just you know like the, in, in an alternate spidey verse that i i didn't food didn't exist and humans just were able to live we we're like machines that didn't need nutrients to live and it just didn't exist. Like I wouldn't, you know, the, somebody will ask that question. Like, what is something you could do without so, uh, TV or or music for the rest of your life? Pick one to eliminate, right? Like the, that stupid reality thing. Mm -hmm. And um, if someone said, you know, like, hey, you can have sports or food for the rest of your life, and you have to eliminate the other. Like many of those, I'm, you know, whatever, cool without food. Like again, I like food. I I'm I'm a chubby dude. I put away food, <laughs> but like I don't have a big passion to like if food, someone said food's gone, man, can't have it anymore. You're going to live, you're going to be okay, but food's gone. I'm like, eh, okay. You know, Larry David, eh, okay. <laughs> so, that's my hot take on food. If you want to tell me I'm an idiot and give me your hottest food take, hit me with it now, dude. All right. So, um I don't think you're crazy. Uh, I think that I can definitely get in the modes where like you just got to flip that switch and it's just fuel. And uh, when you do that, it actually simplifies a lot of things, <laughs> right? Um, it definitely gets rid of those questions. Uh, flip side of that is uh, I am not an artist uh, at all. All right. But uh, brewing beer and making food have been the closest that I've been able to come to kind of artistry, I guess. And um, it's it, no small part in why my in-laws love me. I cook mm -hmm. them food and it feels good to like cook good food for a group of people and see them be very happy in eating it. So, yeah, you know, that. so that's, that's, that's kind of where I come from. Like that's, that's the only place I get to be creative. You know, I, I can't draw. I can't. Uh, I, I'm. I'm not even 
very creative just in general, but I am very good at cooking. And um, that's come, you know, over time. And it would be very hard for me to, like, give that up from that perspective. Like, I would have to come up with a whole different way to, you know, uh, make the in-laws happy and uh, make the wife happy. And, and you know, like, there's there's a, there's a little bit of pride that comes in like uh you know when the wife comes in with like a leftover something like on on monday and uh the other girls get to be angry about how their husbands don't do shit yeah and... i like that angle i like that angle <laughs> you know so there's a little something to that so uh i you know i it's it's soft what i'm answering here but i totally get your opinion but I would say I, this, John. I if yeah. I if somebody said you can cook and go absolutely bonkers in the kitchen, but you 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 can do it, but you don't have to do dishes ever. You put them in the sink and they magically get cleaned, oh, dude. Oh that God. would be it. Large parts of why yeah. I don't like cooking, and this is lame and lazy, and people are probably getting a different opinion of me right now, is that I don't like doing dishes, man. Absolutely uh-huh. loathe it. And I can't count on people in the household to do them for for us sometimes. Not going to call out anyone, but, like, it's not a guarantee. <laughs> and, like, I'm just not crazy about that. I hate the idea of a stuffed sink full of dishes. So, I, I will know. say, like, part of my, like, uh, in-law deal is they'll, mm. like, you know, my, uh, my mother-in-law will absolutely do those dishes to get that meal. It's a good contract. And that it's definitely is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that. I need to get that in negotiation on my next one (laughs) because that's a part of it for me. But also generally I pour effort into other things and uh, these things that keep me up all nights of the hour. And like, I just don't have the energy. I get, well, kind of, you know, I, I just don't, I, I get off of my day job at five and like, I leave this room and I don't want to come back into it until nine, 10 o'clock when I work on football stuff. And I got like four hours of not thinking about anything. And sometimes the thought of cooking is like, ugh, another thing Dude, on my plate. Man, I, got, you know? I got these two young kids, Jake. And like going to do the cooking is one way for me to detach and focus on that. Yeah, I dig that. <laughs> I dig that. That's a good angle, man. Yeah. I like it. So yeah. that's our food combo. So, you yeah. know, you guys can swim around in that. And I'm sure you have some. Some takes that uh, might not, you know, be agreeable. I just need a chef. If I if I got filthy rich, there's a lot of things. I hit the lotto, whatever. You know, you hit the lotto. People ever do that experiment with you, dude? Where you, they say, "Hey, oh, yeah. you, you won five uh, five billion dollars, and a, a, an ancestor passed away. That uh, not an ancestor, oh, yeah. but a great 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 uncle left you a will that unlocked on uh, Friday, <laughs> February 11th. He, he picked an arbitrary date, and I would go get like the first thing I do is I'd go get a car. I'd figure out a house. Uh, whatever, whatever, buy, buy a PJ. Everyone buys a PJ, right? And <laughs> I would hire a professional cook that would cook me literally. Like, you, you ever watch Billions? Like, yeah. straight out of Bobby Axelrod, <laughs> like, fire it up, man, all the time. That would be and what I would do. You need to come here once a month. Dude. Yeah, well, you know, we're working on that. We're working on I that. I know. <laughs> all right, sh- let's shift to the Browns. So we're half hour in. We haven't even talked about Cleveland Browns. I did just see TJ Watt won Player of the Year. You know, congrats, uh, congrats yeah, to him, wonderful. I guess. Probably, Super. probably wanted on that four sack bullshit game <laughs> against Cleveland. So good for him, right on. I, I just, I still don't think he's in Miles realm. I just don't. And I thought, you know, I don't. I think Dallas people will try to claim Micah Parsons, who I think's a fun player. But I think that was a better argument. 
I would agree. When you look at some of the uh, deep dive metrics on TJ Watt, it's like, okay, all right, I guess, you know? So, anywho, that sucks because I hate seeing him win that award. He's a good player, and, you know, I get it, but, like, eh, whatever. Um, Trash Panda. Trash Panda, he is. He's garbage time cleanup (laughs) stuff, man. His role is different. Those three, four backers, dude, it's different. It's, uh, It's different. But anyway... Want to talk about wide receivers because we've done it this week. I've talked about Jarvis ad nauseum, had Mueller on, had uh, another Mueller, uh, Abby, who yesterday, who was really good. And uh, I don't want to talk about Jarvis, and I, like I said, I don't want to talk about Rashard because we've covered that. But I want to talk about the two guys we universally know are going to be back. Like, there's not a doubt in my mind Donovan Peoples-Jones is back, and there's not a doubt in my mind Anthony Schwartz is back. So it's kind of looking at where you sit after year one and year two of these guys for what their future is. So they're going into the year for me with Donovan. I thought, um, he could, he could, he was being a little overhyped, but then some of the things I saw, the nuance added, I got a little excited and I thought he could be a little better than ended up being. Now this is largely due to issues with, you know, consistency of play, getting him the football. I get it, but I'm kind of settled into, his basement is not beyond a nice rotational receiver, a guy who can get snaps for you. But I do think he has the ability to be an X uh, secondary receiver. I don't know that you want your wide receiver room to have him be the second best overall talent. I think you can be okay with that. Um, but you would like him to be your third best talent and a guy who comes in to play outside snaps when you have a guy who's inside outside versatile, like, um, you know, a guy we could talk about later, or we will as we approach the draft, like a Drake London who played slot snaps uh, his first two years and then went out wide this past year, or Traylon Burks is another guy like that. I think Garrett Wilson can do some of those things where, you know, you, you when you go from 12 personnel to 11 or vice versa or whatever, uh, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to yank a tight end or, or what, whatnot and bring a third wide receiver on the field. Right. So um, you don't want to always just have one guy who's a slot guy. Cause if you just have a guy who's a slot guy, then you, you lose a little bit of versatility. So you could take that outside guy off if you feel like it's what Stefan Diggs does for Buffalo and did in, in Minnesota, right? Where he would stay on, but he would bump into the slot. A mm-hmm. guy you're comfortable with moving around. So Peoples Jones to me is is in a good spot to be your third receiver, your first outside guy um, that comes on and off the field based on personnel changes. I still think he cannot be your first guy. Um, and I don't think he can be your second guy. Again, I'm on the teetering side of that. I think he could potentially get there. I like his vertical route tree. He needs more nuance and he needs a little bit more, uh, a little bit more separation stuff, but the contested catch stuff was really promising this year. Uh, I I liked his ability to hit some of those routes on the crossing uh, out routes, digs that he had not run before, but he just doesn't, he's not as twitchy as I would like, John, put it that way. He's not as twitchy in and out of cuts as I would like. He'll climb vertically and get on top of you and use his, his length, but he's not a burst to top speed guy. He builds to it and he's not a twitchy cut guy. And that, you know, you're kind of capped with what you can get out of that guy. So I think there's a role. He's He can be a 500 to 800 yard receiver, but I'm just not sure he fills that. I had like a, a, a goofy state. I don't know if it was goofy. I mean, I feel like they play the game in a similar way, him and Jamar Chase. Jamar is 
different. He's 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 a, a freak of nature athletically. I was not saying they're the same player. I was kind of equating them to being a similar route tree type of player. Jamar evolved as the year went on, but like I just think he can fill that type of role vertically. Like that's where who I is, see him. Who is the old um um Cowboys number two in the early nineties? Mm, let's do you remember up. no i don't i, I was um, not as invested in the cowboys as uh uh they were the evil empire uh it, it was up. a little before your time so okay. i, I understand 94 cowboys um, what the hell was his name uh that's who he reminds me of um alvin harper was yeah harper harper is who you know i think of when similar, uh similar body six three two ten Kind of yeah. set, sits around 500, 700, 800, 600 yards for a stretch there. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, that's my that's my guy, like, um, in terms of comps. You know, like, so Alvin Harper uh, is who I see as the, you know, as the right role um, mm-hmm. for DPJ. Um, you know, and I think that that's totally doable but we need that number one and that number one by the way is not jarvis so um i think that guy and that's not like a knock on jarvis i'm just saying it's not um, it's established yeah, yeah no we just need a a, a different dynamic threat um and that guy is not going to be short too uh you know i know like you alluded to but i'm just going to jump right into that yeah that's fine um i, I gotta say i am really really concerned with his poor tracking um i i just i have seen it on multiple occasions um i just don't know that you can do anything with that speed if he can't track the ball right and um i'm concerned that the speed didn't translate the way i thought it would like I'm not even worried about the speed, you yeah, know, like, yeah. but okay. if he can't, if he can't see that trajectory, Jake, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, ball tracking is not you... talked about enough. It's not, it's really not yeah. the nuance that comes with tracking the football, right? Stacking a corner or slowing a da- slowing down for a second to create a wall to then get yeah. speed up just at the last second. That's what Jamar Chase does so freaking yes. well is that you can change tempos upon the arrival to create levels of deception, the late hands, all of that stuff. I'm totally with you. It's Buddy a... Chase, how much, how much uh, inaccuracy, <laughs> like, and I'm not saying this is a, uh, you know, as some kind of like Joey slam, but like I don't think people really appreciate how much he created for himself. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that's tracking, you know, you gotta be able to see the ball. You gotta be able to track where that's going. And uh, that to me um, in terms of usefulness um, is, well, let me put it this way, you know, like speed is important, right? Mm-hmm. Like speed is speed and uh, it's it's worth something just on its own. It's gold, right? So, uh, but um, on the other hand, um, let's compare two different qualities, right? Which is tracking the ball and um, what they call contested catch. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, in my opinion, contested catch um often when it comes to when you're looking at a prospect to where he he goes as a pro um contested catch means you're not athletic enough to separate i think in uh, that's the label that usually gets thrown out i would agree yeah 
I think I think that's what often happens in their transition to the NFL is like I think that gets overvalued. And in the same respect, I think tracking uh, is hard to uh, define and show in tape and that kind of stuff because, like, I mean, just think about it this way. Like, how many times do you see just a long bomb for a touchdown, right? Let's just talk about a 75-yard touchdown where there's, you know, a uh, there's no DB. It's a busted coverage. Oftentimes, like, it looks like a perfect pass. Actually, it's generally just the receiver adjusting to the tracking of the ball mm-hmm. and catching it. You know, so, like, it just it, – it flies under the radar. Uh, so, if you if you will ask me, you know, what's more important, contested cast rate, you know, for a, uh, a prospect or somebody that you can see on film that is exceptional at tracking the ball, I'm going to take the tracking the ball. Yeah, I think that's more. I think that's more valuable. I think uh, that's more translatable. And uh, you know, to bring it back to the Browns, it's what I don't see in Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, I see him incorrectly assessing where the ball is going, and that really concerns me. Yeah, I think depth perception stuff, right? Like that matters. Yeah, uh, you know how yeah. how how close a ball is, how far away a ball is, how well you can judge that with a helmet on your head and in the heat of the moment and the crowd noise and all of the things you're trying to think about, right? Like to me, an example of that is the football that was thrown from Baker that the interception happened on where he got hurt. Um, you know, pe- people have kind of put that on him, and I think it. I think it was. I mean, I think a, lo- a part of it was. I don't think he was getting to that football. I think it was still being intercepted. But he kind of comes out of it, looks startled, never tracks the football very well, and I and I, I he think looks I, like it, he thinks that the ball is thrown to somebody else. Correct, bingo. He comes out of it, and it's not <laughs> that he stops on purpose. He sees the ball being thrown, and he's like, "That's not going to me." And which right. whatever. But what I'm saying he's is, afraid he, of like getting in the way of somebody else. Yeah, he doesn't. He just doesn't track it as well as you you would like for a guy well, who's going to be a big contributor. That one like uh, down the sideline. Where like he, mm-hmm. like I think it might have been his first or second catch in the league, where like he juggles the ball and catches it and goes out of bounds. I think this against KC. It was, um, you know, but that was probably a touchdown if he just tracks the ball well. Mm-hmm. There were there <laughs> were know? there were other examples too. He he kind of after that first game where he was a focal point of plenty of prep leading up to that game. Uh, I just think they have to find ways to get him the ball, right? Like he's mm-hmm. not going to be a dig guy, he's not going to be a comeback guy, he's not going to be a route tree diverse guy. Uh, but you can get him. Can you get him the football in certain uh, situations? Can you get him on some shallow crosses? Right? Can you get him on? Maybe you should look at how Patterson is used. Sure, sure, right? Yeah, like you should. You should find ways. They did plenty of reverses, but the way that they got him the football with reverses was very like, I don't know what the hell to do with him. Just toss him a reverse, see what happens. Like it was not. Yeah. It was not the calculated natural form of an offense I, I wanted to see. So I hope they can figure that out. There are levels to all of that, why that didn't come to for fruition. Sure. But sure. but there's Just a talk. role for him, right? Like there's a role for mm-hmm. him. He should oh, be... Oh, I'm not cutting him. No, 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 no. Sure. That's not what we're saying. But what I'm getting at personally is his exit interview should have centered around, hey, there needs to be a, and I, I'm, I'm all about this dude with every player at the NFL level, and I'm sure they're doing this, but I'm just talking me personally, and I, and I've talked about this with Baker a ton. 
this offseason, so it's not going to be something new if you listen to me. Who are you as a football player, right? If you don't understand who you are and cultivate your angle in the league and find a niche and stay really broad, this league spits you out. You have mm-hmm. to find... There are some guys who are so good at everything, they'll just stick and they'll find a way. They do. But there are guys like, okay, if I'm Anthony Schwartz, I know I wasn't drafted the way Ted Ginn was, but what the hell did Ted Ginn do in his career? Can, can I mimic that? What Rant role is that? Can I, I can, can I return every that's kick and every punt? Right? Yeah, that's an excellent point. Can I, can I return every kick and every punt? Mm-hmm. And how do I get with my coaches and talk about what ways can you guys get me vertically down the field and unlock some shot throws to me? Because mm. I can run by people. Can you get me on some shallows? Can you get me 20 snaps a game where you run me on some of these routes that I know I'm good at? I am, I'm trying I like to, I, I'm trying to expand Right. I'm trying to I'm working with these. I'm trying to get better at my routes. I'm, I'm doing it. But what ways can I? you got four years, dude, you're a third round pick. Mm-hmm. You got four years to prove you belong. How do I belong? What can I do? He should be returning every damn kick, every punt and, and making that as niche first and foremost, because that's how you can stick on a roster. You're on punt return. You're on kick return. You're on kickoff. Play. Every, that's the thing about Rashard Higgins. He didn't play any specials. None. <laughs> how are yeah, you well, sticking? That's, that's right? why he's been like. That you know, if it weren't for that, like uh, we wouldn't be talking about him making the roster every year. Bingo, right? Uh, Bingo. Yeah. That's what Schwartz needs to be doing. There needs to be yeah. a lot of who oh, are really you like as that a football player. That's a question I ask mm-hmm. a lot. Who are you as a football player to carve out a niche in this league? There are like five percent of these dudes in the league who can carve out seven niches in the in the league. They're good. They're that good. You're of the other 95%. You need to find one lane or two that allows you to get more than f- four years, right? So how are you doing that? He's fast enough, but how do you unlock some of that build-up speed? He has a little more build-up speed than I was anticipating, right? He, you, you, he's he's a little more built. I was hoping he was more trigger. He's like he's less he He's less Tyreek Hill than I think some of us were trying mm-hmm. to hope he was. Not that Tyreek. Tyreek's a unicorn. It's a football player. He is. <laughs> he. You talk about tracking it well. Tracks it well. Does every. Yeah. He's just not big. Jesus he's just. Christ. He's just yeah. stocky short guy. So, anyway. You know, that's what I'm asking Anthony Schwartz. Can we find a path for you that gives us something meaningful? Because we have not had a difference maker at return since a returner since Cribs. Can you do that role for us? Can you then find 20 snaps a game where you're either a decoy in fly motion or giving it to you on a couple fly? You, can you be McCole Hardman essentially? Can you that's can you the, be that guy? Funky. Yeah, like because what you're asking is for uh, you know a 20 something year old. Mm-hmm. Can you be honest? about yourself yeah they have to that by the way is a difficult thing to ask out of a 20 something year old but uh it is it is yeah that's what but that's where we are so like that's with those two guys i think you have to you have to look at where they're going to help you and you feel like they're definitely going to help you we we can sit here and confirm that they're not going to be stars. Like Donovan is a nice player. I think his ceiling will keep getting better. And if his outcome is, is who we said earlier, who, what was his name again? I can't remember it now. Hey, Alvin Harper. Or if his ceiling is Alvin Harper for four or five years, that's a hell of a pick in the sixth round. I that is, yeah. that is fantastic. And he's on a good path, getting better. He's a worker. He's a quiet dude. Doesn't demand the rock does his job. That's a great pick. He's a second contract player to me right now. But he's not what you need to turn the corner. So we'll close with this. If if 
you're looking at the Browns pick 13. I just want to ask you this one question. John, you and I will connect next Friday, and maybe we'll talk about free agents at tight end and wide receiver. We'll delve into some of those guys. But I want to close with this angle, which is, you know, I've seen folks who I respect and smart people, and not just people who cover the Browns, but who cover the bigger picture of the league, and they'll pin Cleveland a a uh, a DN, David Iabo at 13, or they'll pin like, hey, if Derek Stingley uh, falls down to pick 13, or Andrew Booth, you really like him, or, um, you know, whatever thing you, and early in the process, there were dudes putting like Devin Lloyd. I was like, what are you, what? Like, <laughs> what? Anyway, I don't know as I sit here today how you could watch the Browns last year and not say, Listen, I want a better I want Clowney back, I want better DNs. I want younger fun guys. I want their their defensive line uh interior is a, a bit of a disaster right now. I get all that. Totally get it. It's not missing me. I understand there's free agency uh that you can look at with these wide receivers. I'm hesitant. Well again, we'll push that conversation to next week, but like I get that there's guys that can help the wide receiver room that you could go out and sign. Um, but dude, you have, what are you, di- what did you not do last year? All the, all season, you didn't score fucking points. You couldn't score who the Browns had talent on offense, right? They had talent. They didn't have dudes. Yeah. They didn't have dudes on the perimeter and in the passing game. They need to find a dude at pick 13. And I mean, have... shit, what would Joe Jervicious have done? <laughs> uh, seriously, I'm saying, like, my thing is when people are talking about this stuff, like, well, go get maybe David Bell or if Jahan Dotson falls down. Cool. I like those guys. But, like, if you're at pick 13, you have to swing for a receiver here. I don't see any other path. Otherwise, unless, like... I guess you could go get Calvin Ridley or something like that could end up falling into place. And this is a moot conversation in a month or two. But like, as I sit here, what was the problem with the Cleveland Browns last year? They couldn't score and they did not have perimeter playmakers that scared anybody. If you put Debo Samuel on this roster, it changes Mm. everything. If you put Stefan Diggs here, I know Diggs and Stefanski, I'm just using the example of that type of player. Or if you swapped out Jamar Chase and put him here, you, you then you unlock a different element of things. And you know, you Odell Beckham was here and I get that and that's fine and cool. I'm just saying, yeah, but you whatever. need Odell yeah. is still just a decent number two. Yeah, he's following up Cooper right? Cup, right? Like, so I I'm just sitting here, John, and I'm like, how on earth can you not go after a receiver? Right? You, it is. Yeah. You, you don't dance around the, the issue. I want to be. I, hell, I want to go draft corners, and you know me, I'm pick a DB every damn round because I think you need so many of those guys. But like, yeah. I can't pick thirteen it and say. Either A, we're going to trade down and get another receiver later, uh, you know, in the later, maybe in the 20s or something. I'm like, if you like, if you like Drake London, if you like Garrett Wilson, if you like Traylon Burks, pick the dude. Traylon Burks, gigantic hands. Dude, did you hear Jordan Reed on this pod last week? He has five Mm -hmm. X gloves. The dude wears five X gloves. He's a (laughs) burner on the GPS scale. Like he was DK Metcalf level runner. On the on on GPS tracking data, which the Browns love, Garrett Wilson is as well rounded a route runner as I've seen coming out of college since like uh, I don't I don't know man um, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I'm not a draft guy. Okay, I, I study players, I give opinions, but I'm not a draft guy. There have been some great technicians coming out of the draft. People compare him to Diggs, but people forget Diggs was like a 
fifth round, fourth round, fifth round pick. Diggs was slid down the board too, by the way. But they're very similar. They're very similar, right? (laughs) Yeah. But Mm -hmm. um, that dude is really good. And you know, Drake London's six five. He's got slot experience. He's got outside experience. He forced the most forced missed tackles in the college league. You know, he missed half the year and had the highest forced tackle percentage. He is six five, but he's not a stiff six five. He's like Mike Evans that the dude can drop the hips and make he's Mike Evans. He can do those things. He can contest it, catch you. He can separate. He can run a route tree. Like if you punt on this, I'm going to be pissed, you know, like oh, do agree. not do that. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. And I feel comfortable that Andrew Barry has not done that sort of thing yet. Right. Yeah. No, the, uh, one thing that you can guarantee, like, uh, and it, it's what has come out of his mouth. Uh, they draft for the future. And, um, you know, uh, I'm going to set Drake London aside. Um, as a project, I know I need to study him, but I will say like, uh, Garrett Wilson is a dude. He's a dude. He's a dude. And I, I don't, you know, I do not hype Ohio State guys. Like, uh, you know, I love Ohio State. I'm from Ohio. Uh, but I'm not known for just overly hyping Ohio State guys. Garrett Wilson's a fucking dude. Mm-hmm. And I knew that from the first time i watched that dude snatch a pass out of the air um you know so uh, if he's gone if he's gone i need to find out whether i'm, I'm in on drake london yeah. um you know but we'll see uh but things seem to be lining up and uh if you can get a guy like garrett flipping wilson um and we'll we'll deep dive. We'll deep dive those guys. Yeah, we'll get yeah, there eventually. But, right. but and I'm Fair not even trying to cut Fair you off. Enough. I think you're. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, you're right. The, I I love Garrett. I love. There's a couple of other guys I really like too. And there's an angle for whatever your flavor is. I think I'm not here to tell anybody they're wrong on this. You know, wide receivers are they're weird. You know, you could you could think you got a guy, okay. and all of a sudden, let me don't, let me right? do one thing quick though. Sure. Do you know that like I got like shocked the other day. Uh, God, like people are gonna roast me for this, but I'm gonna oh, be yeah. honest. Let's hear it. All right, I did not realize Williams was an Ohio State guy before he went to Alabama. Really? Until the other day, we yeah. didn't find the field. Yeah, that's, a, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't. Yeah. Like, it's not like you were missing a couple games or he went off or something, you know? No. And yeah. I apologize. Like, uh, like I feel like a fool for not knowing that, but that happened to be like the other day, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. I did not know that this dude ever played at Ohio State. And I know that, uh, you know, he uh, he did well in a, a bowl game now and, and whatnot. But yeah. um, at the same respect, like, you know, like what I feel like maybe you could drop back and grab him. And I, I dig that. Uh, but I'm not taking him at 13. No, I'm, I'm on the opposite of the spectrum on all those guys. Gallup, Chris Godwin, Mechie, and... And uh, Jamison Williams, like, I get it. I, I could see where you could you could Jeffrey Simmons that thing and be patient, but the Browns are just not in a position to be patient. They're not in yeah. a position to, at the offensive side of the ball, if they do, and again, I'm operating under, under the presumption that Baker Mayfield's back until I have some something that tells me otherwise. You have to give this offense every position needs dudes. They need guys to give him a chance, and... um you have you have to go get one that can play this year. I, I get it. I understand the angle of like, 
well, maybe we can sign Chris Godwin cheaper than expected and hold him. Not, like I'm not, I'm not into that. I get the, I get the rhetoric. I get it, but I'm just, they're in, they're in a now situation and they've put themselves in that now situation by their own circumstances. But, uh, um, they, they, they just, that angle right now is not something I love. Another, With, ma- can another... Wilson not just be like the fantastic, like if you, if you get out of day one on the draft and Garrett Wilson is your pick, are you not just like popping cores? Yeah, you should be happy. You should be happy because I think, I think of all these dudes, I think, I think he, his data profile, his tape, his uh, his numbers at the combine, I expect to be off the charts. His, his vertical is going to be like, Oh my God. Like I expect him to, he, to have a silly vertical. I expect him to run mid four to, to, to mid four fours to four five. He'll, he'll, his RAS score will be phenomenal. And you'll look at the tape and you'll agree with it. He has some catch things, some double catch. He has like a little clap thing. I don't love, but I don't have over like overly huge concerns about the drop stuff that some people try to. He's a guy that's going to get overpicked, uh, overpicked apart and broken down. And I just think he's going to be a solid pro and that the baseline a solid pro. And if he's the dude we think he could be, you're talking about like a dude like Diggs type of guy a perennial all pro uh pro bowl player so that's what you want that's what you want to feel good about so i'm 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 totally and I, kind of as we close I, I you're talking about jameson williams you didn't know he was a ohio state guy people correlate garrett wilson with texas but he was actually born and raised in columbus ohio his older brother um donovan wilson was a fantastic running back in in dublin at dublin jerome i think and had a really great career went to georgia tech uh and then ended up i think at bowling green they moved to texas down there to lake travis i don't know why they moved down there but a lot of people don't know that that that's a big reason why garrett was comfortable coming back to columbus as he was you know Hmm. his early life was spent in in columbus so he's a columbus boy he's an ohio guy so yeah, we'll close on that, dude. This is 50-some change minutes of uh, a really fun conversation, dude. And we and, uh, will... Always goes longer than we think, right? Always, dude. <laughs> good good talk. We will we will check in with you next week. We'll probably, like I said, since we didn't hit on free agent guys of interest and really the overall concept of free agency at wide receiver and tight end because there's some good conversations around what they could do at tight end. We will link up on those next week and probably give a some feedback on what happened in the Super Bowl that we predicted. So, John, you're the man, dude. Thank you for your time, and uh, I know everybody appreciates it. Hey, thanks, Jake. This was, uh, again, like sometimes, like, you know, it's hard to get up for it, but as soon as you start pedaling the wheels, uh, you know, I always love being here. John's the best. Thanks, John. Uh, We appreciate him for coming on. Appreciate you guys for listening throughout this week where we had a couple, uh, three great guests. We, I failed to mention earlier, we also had Russell Brown from Cover One for the Senior Bowl earlier in the week. If you want to check that out for popular names there where he correlated them to Cleveland and just the guys who performed well there. So go back and check that out. Plenty of data analytics up at the OBR breaking down uh, guys in the free agency market and draft and will continue to do so at the position because this year wide receiver is the focal position as corner was last year as tackle was the year before and as quarterback was in 2018 that's what we do we pick the spot we expect the browns to pick uh the player and give you all the things we can 
find around that person, whether it's uh, or that position, I should say, whether free agency or the draft. And we'll we'll have a whole draft week at wide receiver as well. So check that stuff out. Thanks for joining us this week, supporting the pod, supporting the Twitch, supporting the uh, the actual website. Make sure you join us uh, with a little subscription to the OBR too. You got great VIP content all off season. Check that out. Thanks for joining today. Have a great Friday. Or if you're listening to this over the weekend, have a great and safe weekend. And I thank you for listening. Go Browns. We'll be right back.